everybody. Welcome back to the Busy Blooming Podcast. My name's Tess. I'm your host, and we have a really great episode today. We have Grace on the podcast. She's also known as Lipstick and Lattes on YouTube. We talked about so many fun things. We talked about she works as a lawyer, um, or she works in law. So we talked all about like being a grind, hustle, nine to five person in your 20s, and if that's good or if that's bad. And we talked about failure in your 20s and quitting your job and just so many different things. So I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. Um, But before we get into it, I just, you know, thought I'd say hi. I hope everyone's doing well. I am in Toronto, if you guys don't know, and I think maybe things are like kind of opening up here. So that's been nice. (laughs) But other than that, I've had such a crazy work week. There was just something about last week that I feel like so many people had a crazy, busy, chaotic week. So if you also have been feeling a little bit overwhelmed, I'm right there with you. And we got this. We're, we're going to get through this. <laughs> um, I also wanted to say I was talking to a few people this week about um, this topic of, you know, being in your 20s and working a nine to five and like how... I don't know, like if that's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. And, and Grace and I also talked about that as well on this episode. And I just wanted to say that I am always like filled with a sense of urgency when it comes to my career and my life. And I'm only 24, but I'm always just like living in the future and like thinking of my next step and where I'm going to work next and where I'm going to have my next apartment and my next city I'm going to live in. And I don't know. I feel like I really have been feeling that way recently of like, okay, what am I doing next? And I don't know. I just felt a little bit overwhelmed in that sense. And I don't know. I just want to say if if you're listening to this and you're also in your 20s, we have so, so much time and there's truly no rush to get to the next step. Like the next step will come when it comes. And I just am really trying to live in the moment and I find it so hard, but I don't know if you're in a job that you don't really like or you're in or you just graduated and you're like feeling like, okay, I need to get my first job or you're in a job, like I said, you don't like, you're like, okay, when's my next job going to be? I don't like this for right now. I think just like take a beat and know that there is truly no rush to get to the next phase of your life or the next job or the next apartment. Like where you are right now, and I know I say this a lot, but it is exactly perfect timing where you are supposed to be right now. And I think we as people in our 20s have so much time in our lives. Like, I don't know. It's like we're going to be working for 30, 40 more years. And that is a lot of time to figure out what we want to do. And if you're like me, you're probably going to change your mind (laughs) a million times. And I don't know. I think it's just like in our 20s, we can almost feel like rushed to make it the most full years ever and learn a bunch of stuff and try a bunch of new things. But I think like, I don't know, everything comes in perfect timing and there's no rush to get anywhere. And you'll never like get to a point where you're like, okay, now I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And now I finally have everything because I don't think that point like ever comes in life. So I don't know. I've just been feeling personally like I've been living in the future a bit of like, okay, my next job is going to be this, my next apartment. But I don't know. I just wanted to say that because I've been feeling that way recently of like, 
living a little bit too much in the future of my next steps. And I just, if you were also feeling that way, I just wanted to say we are where we're supposed to be and there's really no rush to get to the next step and we'll get there when it's, when it's time to get there and we'll know when it's the right time. So anyways, just wanted to say that <laughs> it was on my mind. So, you know, thought I'd share, but yeah, anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I also wanted to say Busy Blooming is not just a podcast. If you guys are new, we also have a Facebook group full of women in postgrad or in um, their 20s and feel free to join. It's free, obviously, to join if you have anything weird going on at work or any questions like or if you're in the group, like feel free to post anything. I love seeing everyone's posts. So feel free to go join the group. We also have an Instagram and we have a blog, busyblooming.ca with a bunch of good content about being a woman in our 20s. So Facebook group, Instagram, blog. We also have a LinkedIn. So um, yeah, there's a lot to the Busy Blooming community. So make sure to join and be a part of it. And with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Grace and let's get into it. Okay, so we have Grace on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for being here. There's so much I want to talk to you about, (laughs) but before we get into it, I would love to just have you introduce yourself. Let's just get to know you, what your days look like, and let's just learn more about you. Okay, so my name is Grace, obviously, but I am a real estate. I don't like to say I'm a lawyer because in the United States, there's so many different steps you have to take before you're actually a lawyer. But I work in real estate law, so property law, buying, selling houses, anything having to do with property issues. I went to law school and I graduated. I took the bar once. I didn't pass. I took it again and I did pass. So now I'm just waiting on being admitted and then I can call myself an attorney. That's just, it's called character and fitness. They basically go through every thing you've ever done as, you know, in your past 10 years, traffic tickets, stupid things like that. And then I can call myself a lawyer. But other than that, I'm married. I got married in December and I have a YouTube channel as well, which is probably where like most of you guys know me from. I vlogged my whole law school experience and I still make videos all the time now, just vlogging like my regular life doing, you know, just adult things. Definitely not as exciting as it was maybe in law school, but I make YouTube videos, I'm married, I have a cat and a bunny. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, as you know, the Busy Blooming podcast, it's all about being in your 20s and just trying to figure out our lives in our 20s. And I would love to hear your answer to the question that we ask every guest. So if you could go back to yourself at 18 years old, what is something that you would tell yourself at 18? So when When I was 18, I was uh, a senior in high school. So what I would have told myself is, you know, still do well in college. I I did really well in college and whatever, but I didn't really have many friends. I commuted to school, so I didn't really try to make many friends. I just went to school. I went home and that was pretty much it. I would say have fun, enjoy your life because being an adult is not fun, like at all. Everyone's like, oh, never grow up, like really never grow up. Enjoy your college years or whatever you're doing between the ages of like 18 and 24, maybe like enjoy because once you're like a full blown adult, it truly is not that fun at all. (laughs) 
That's so true. I feel like it's so glamorized too. Like you see on TV shows, oh, people yeah. in their 20s and it's like just so bougie and like you're in these massive apartments and stuff. And yeah. And that's just not the truth at all, especially in your 20s. I mean, that is just not unless you have, you know, really rich parents or something, which you know, if anyone's looking to adopt, I'll take some rich parents. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so I would love to first of all just dive in to your whole journey and your experience with law school and the bar exam and just everything of how you started working in law. Yeah, of course. So I didn't come from a family of lawyers in I don't know how it is in a lot of other countries, but in the United States, a lot of the times you come from a family of lawyers, like your mom's a lawyer, your dad's a lawyer. No one in my family was an attorney or anything. I worked in title insurance, which is sort of like property law. Like there's a lot of real estate attorneys involved. So when I was in high school, we learned at the Supreme Court and we watched this movie called The Paper Chase, which is about going to Harvard Law School and what it's like to be a first year law student. So after I watched that and I learned about the Supreme Court, I was like, I want to go to law school. That's what I want to do. So that was in 10th or 11th grade. So I was like 15, 16 years old when I made that decision. And I chose the colleges I applied to based off of going to law school. And to go to law school, you don't have to major in law or anything like that. You can really major in anything. But I just chose, I mean, I knew I didn't want to commute too far. I knew I didn't want to move away as well. So I went to college, you know, got good grades, whatever. (laughs) Went to law school and that is just like a totally another universe. But Mm -hmm. it for me, it was almost enjoyable because I enjoy school and learning and I would go back to school. And that's kind of my intention when I'm way older, like my 50s, whatever, my kids are grown up. I went to law school and I had been making YouTube videos, you know, for a while, but you know, YouTube back in like 2012, like everyone made makeup (laughs) videos and they looked like horrifying. Thank God they're deleted because God knows what they looked like. I made those like here and there. And then I was like, well, I'm going to law school. There was really only about three other law school vloggers that I knew of. So I, you know, started recording the experience. And I think that's really when my videos took off when people found out about it. I went to law school and graduated during the pandemic. So I didn't get a real graduation, which is unfortunate. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah, just it was 2020 sucked for a multitude of reasons. But for all the graduates of 2020, that really sucks. (laughs) I know. It's just like what like obviously, of course, and like we've said this on the podcast too, like there's obviously worse things going on. But like the graduates it just seems like a whole other realm of it's just so sad to not have your graduation ceremony it really sucks and i really feel for like college graduates because you know at least i got my college graduation but not being able to you know walk across the stage and take your pictures like that really is a big moment of your life that you look back on even though it's technically superficial like it really does mean a lot so it does suck and you kind of like picture that moment like even as you go through the years like you're always picturing like okay when I'm done I can walk across the stage it's just like such a ceremonial thing yeah it it really sucks to not be able to do it yeah so I didn't walk across any stage there was like a powerpoint show or something and I think I was like hung over in bed and I was like oh my god I'm graduating (laughs) I like didn't even watch it I like texted my parents like oh I just graduated oh my god (laughs) And then I took the bar exam in October. Usually it's in July and February, but they delayed it because there's so many technical difficulties with putting it online. It's a two-day exam, so they had a million problems with it. 
So I took it in October. We didn't get results until December, which is a pretty standard time. Yeah. It takes like three okay. months-ish to get your results. And I didn't pass. And then mm-hmm. I took it again and then got my results in April and passed. So yeah, that was okay. pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And I really want to get into that too, because I know that's something else you've been so open about on your yeah. channel. And I've loved watching that. Like even as someone who's so like disassociated from being a lawyer or anything, I found it so interesting like to watch your journey. Um, but before we get into it, like now that you are in this day-to-day routine of, of being a lawyer, what is something that you like is it kind of what you thought it would be or is there anything unexpected that you're like okay I did not think it'd be like this I think it it is sort of what I expected it because in law school you do so many internships that they they don't really prepare you for what it's like to be a lawyer because you'll never know that being you know whether you're a paralegal which is not you know you don't have to go to law school to be a paralegal at all but if you're going to be a legal secretary or just an intern it's never the same caliber of work you're going to do as an attorney. Right. But I feel like I kind of expected, you know, the hours and whatever. But it's crazy now that I make the decisions. I'm used to going yeah. like to my boss and be like, oh, is this okay if I do this? What should I say? And now I'm like, oh, I can just write my own response. I get to make the decision. Or being yeah. at closings, you know, someone's buying or selling a property and getting to make a decision and come to a you know, an agreement with another attorney, even though I'm, you know, not an attorney, because typically, like, another attorney would be in the room with me, my boss or a coworker. But I get to come to some conclusion on the behalf of my client. That's just a Mm -hmm. really crazy reality that hasn't kind of sunk in yet, because I still feel like, oh, I got to call my boss and okay it with him. Yeah, totally. I feel like that might cause, like, major imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially at the beginning, because it's like, you're kind of just like thrown into it. I'm sure it must have felt that way. Yeah. So do you still feel that way? Or do you think you've kind of found ways to cope and not feel like you're kind of an imposter? With some things, I feel like I don't even question my answers. But that's because I've been doing this since like October. So some it's like small things, simple things that aren't even like legal related. It's just like office kind of chatter. But on real legal matters... I never feel like qualified to answer, even though I know the answer. I know what the answer should be, but I'm like, oh, I I can't tell you what it is. Like, I need to go ask someone else before I say. And then they correct, they they tell me, oh, yeah, you're correct. And I'm like, "Mm, really? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's cool, though. And I'm sure, like, every year or whatever, you'll get more and more confident and then you'll be yeah. telling the new associates, like, just listen, like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I know. When we hire someone new, a new girl just started kind of recently and I'm like, oh, I can kind of tell you what to do. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good feeling too when, like, the newer people start and you're like, okay, I actually, like, got this. Like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. it just proves, like, <laughs> oh, I do know something because I can tell yeah. her what she's talking about and now she'll know. I'm like, oh, wow, I must know what I'm talking about, I guess. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> You seem like one of those rare people that's like 16 and they know exactly what they're going to do and then they just do it. And I feel like that is so, so rare. Like, yeah, I'm one of those people. I switched my major like seven times and I just had no idea what I was doing. And did you ever have a moment of like that feeling that I think a lot of people have of like, okay, I actually like don't know for sure this is what I want to do. Or were you always like, I'm going to be a lawyer? 
Well, before, you know, my high school class where I watched that movie, I wanted to go into fashion, which thank God I didn't. Like, I have no artistic (laughs) ability, none of that. I wanted to go into that and be like, uh, you know, fashion fashion merchandising, so more on the business side. But even so, I know literally nothing about that, so thank God I didn't go into that. But after college and even my beginning year of law school, I never really Mm -hmm. questioned it, but I did have this one job that... After I I did leave the job and I was like, I don't think I want to be a lawyer anymore. Like that was so traumatizing. Like I cannot live the rest of my life this way. I felt so like sick every day after work. Like I needed to throw up and cry the rest of the day because I just was like so terrified of what I was going to see the next day. Oh my God. After that, I, I was looking for like JD preferred jobs, which means you don't have to be an attorney or even take the bar. Just like, oh, if you went to law school, like we would prefer that degree. Usually it's like HR right. stuff. So right. I was looking for those jobs when I graduated and it was such an awful economy when I graduated. It was really slim pickings anyways. But yeah, real estate law, which is completely different than the law I was practicing from the other job. I was like, okay, like this is something I can do. Like it's not so cutthroat. I think I can do it. And my boss was super nice. I'm like, okay, I think I should yeah. be okay. And it did take time. Because even when I was applying jobs at that point, which was October, I was still looking for also JD preferred. So I've definitely had times where I thought, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Like if I can't handle this as an intern, what can I really handle as an attorney? Totally. Is it like, because you you know, you see on Suits, like I'm a huge Suits fan. And then you you see people are so savage, like in the corporate, like they're in corporate law, right? Like, do you think that's it's that different like on each type of law like people are that different it is it definitely is i worked in criminal law and then real estate and i've done on criminal i've done defense and prosecution i've never done really corporate law but criminal law is really where you see people get really like in the nitty-gritty like arguments and i can wow i could see it being very like hostile and it can get hostile but for the most part most attorneys are more cordial with each other because you'll have to see this person again and right. you want them to like you because on your next deal you don't want them to be like oh i hate dealing with this person they're such an asshole you never want that yeah. in any area of law so for the most part it actually it's not that attorneys aren't really that cutthroat with each other unless it's truly like one party is being too hard on the other Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's not like people are like fighting in the yeah, and I'm sure sometimes like it probably yeah. does get down to that, but not on the regular. Okay, and do you have any advice for anyone listening who's like considering going into law school? Like, yeah, if you're considering going into law school, as in like you haven't committed or you haven't applied or wherever you are in the stage, I would just be sure that that's what you want to do because a lot of people mm-hmm. choose law school as oh, well, I finished college. I don't really know what I want to do. Let's take the LSAT yeah. and see how I do. And let's go to law school. It's a really huge financial commitment for only three yeah. years. And it's not that great of a job market, even at the height of the economy. Like there's really not that many jobs available anyways. So really be sure that's what you want to do. I always tell people if you're not sure, like take a year off, be yeah even... You know, be a legal secretary or just be a receptionist at a law firm just to see the kind of things that go on on the day to day before you really commit. But if you are sure you want to go to law school, then other than, you know, 
do well in school and get a good LSAT grade, just participate in extracurriculars. You know, if you're in a sorority or you're in clubs or whatever, just participate so you have some other stuff to put on your resume other than, oh, I, you know, went to college because like everyone went to college if they're going to law school. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's good. That's that's a really good piece of advice. It is like such a huge commitment, like a time commitment and and a financial commitment. So yeah, yeah, and that's so true. I think it is a default for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I'll just try to go to law school. Like, I don't really know what I want to do. So yeah, you can't just yeah. be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to medical school. So yeah, like, oh, I'll go to law school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, to me, you just seem like someone who was so career driven at such a young age, and I think. I would just like love to talk about that more and just that idea. Do you think it's like a good thing to be like have a nine to five and grind and hustle and like be career driven so young? Or do you think we see in the media people are like, you know, TikTokers and taking yeah. time off and doing more glamorous stuff? Like what is what are your thoughts on that? I see both sides. I don't I don't think that young people like eighteen to even like twenty three should be working a nine to five, nine to six. It's just, you're so young at that age. Truly. I mean, I guess it depends on your kind of office, but you're going to have no time to experience the world and go do the things that you should be doing. Like, especially if you're not, if you're just working a nine to five and this isn't your goal in life to be doing something in that field. So even if you're a receptionist at an office that does I don't know, like medical work, but it is your goal to be in medicine, like then, yeah, maybe you should stay there because you are getting good Mm -hmm. experience. But if you're just doing it to kind of make ends meet, and I totally get that I had to work to make ends meet. I don't think it's like necessarily a good thing for you mentally, because it does take a toll Mm -hmm. being at an office more than half of your week. I mean, I'm at work 50 hours a week. I'm home and awake for maybe like 24 of those hours. So it is a big divide. And then I get also the social media. Like I make money on social media. I get how that is a really enticing career too. But you also give up a lot with that kind of career privacy and then, you know, negative comments and stuff online. So I see the benefits and negatives to both of it. But um, I think... There is going to be some sort of bubble to burst with social media um, income, right. at least. I mean, I can't yeah. see this field growing and growing and growing and growing. I feel like I was around when people first started making money off YouTube and any sort mm-hmm. of social media. I, I would assume that it is going to come to a head at one point in time. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with, and I feel like it's more Gen Z people who think this. I'm technically a millennial, so that's why I say Gen Z, but (laughs) that like you shouldn't have to work. I agree, like no one should have to work, but I don't think that social media is like the end all be all to making that reality happen. Yeah. I don't want to work either, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. Like, who wants to work like truly hours a day? Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't get it. You want to work for the rest of your life? It couldn't be me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's such a good point. Like, there is going to have to be an end to people making like so much money. Like, I I started, I made videos in high school and I took a big break and, and I'm back now. But like, I remember back when I was like in that same era of the beginning of YouTube when everyone was a beauty guru Mm -hmm. and stuff like that was 
people weren't making close to like, oh, the amount you yeah. can make now. Like, and it's so many more people too. Like, it's just crazy the like millions and millions of dollars they're paying creators. Like, it's just yeah, it's gonna have to end at some point. <laughs> I know, and especially on TikTok. I mean, I don't get paid yeah. on TikTok. I like barely post, so I don't even know. But I can't even imagine how much these like sixteen year olds are making. And good for them. I'm not one of those yeah. people who are like well, who cares? Like, <laughs> they're just dancing. Why should they make money? Like, who cares how they're making money? But like, how does TikTok afford this? I, I truly don't understand because there's not that many ads. I know. I don't know. Like, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying like, they get a million views at TikTok and they only make like $50 off a of TikTok that Ooh. makes like, that gets like a million views. But then in the TikTok brand deals, they'll make way more than they do like from a YouTube brand deal. Oh, okay. So I wonder if like that's how they make all this money. Yeah, today, maybe. Like, yeah. It's like a more impressionable audience. Because if you think about TikTok yeah. viewers are generally younger and maybe they just have yeah. someone's card and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> I know. They like steal their parents' credit card. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And I think like going back to what we were saying about working a nine to five, like fairly young, I think there's so much pressure. Like I definitely felt that way when I graduated. I only graduated in 2018, but like I felt like everyone around me was getting these like corporate jobs, the big four. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, like I need to get this amazing job and like work like right out of school, we'll buy like a new wardrobe. But I think there is like a lot of pressure and it's just, I think it's important to acknowledge like your surroundings are really influencing probably the way you're thinking it's not necessarily like that everywhere and that's not yeah. just like the right thing to do because everyone around you is doing that yeah and if you don't want to be doing what you're doing like I encourage everyone just to not do it I mean obviously yeah. find a job before you leave the job you're in because I'm not someone who could just quit my job and be like oh well, I'll be unemployed for a few months like I do have yeah. to work but if you don't like what you're doing, there's no shame in like technically, you know, quote unquote downgrading. If you have a degree yeah. in doing something that doesn't require a degree, there's no shame in doing that because at the end of your life, you're not going to be like, well, remember when I was 23 and I had yeah. that job? Like, you're not going to remember that. Totally. Yeah. That's so true. And like, there's just more to life. Like, and I always think this too, like, just because you're working a job, like you can still look and apply to other jobs. I oh, think yeah, it's important to always be like working and be able to pay your bills, obviously. But I don't know. I just feel like we can feel stuck so easily, so young. And then you can look back. You're like, I was literally 22. Like I was yeah. not stuck. Like you have so many options. And I think you almost get in this box of like, well, this is my job now. This is my life. Yeah. Now. Like, like this is I my job. Here. I can't leave. Yeah. Like, trust totally. me, your job will find someone to replace you. There's yeah. a never ending <laughs> stream of employees. So, don't, yeah. your life is so much more valuable than what your job thinks of you. Yeah. And I think you think it's so like, I've worked, I've jumped around a lot after school. I worked like four jobs already. And you think it's such a big deal and they're going to take it like so personally when you leave. But like, they're a business like they're gonna yeah. find someone so fast to replace you like even if you're close personally with people like they're gonna find someone to replace you so fast and it's not like as big of a deal as you think it will be exactly like unless you are head of a of a division like yeah i, I think they'll be okay they'll probably find yeah. someone i mean same goes <laughs> for me like if my job wanted to fire me tomorrow they could easily find someone to replace me it's yeah no one is irreplaceable so 
you should always think yeah. of that if you want to leave somewhere and you're scared to do it like mm-hmm. don't not leave because you think your job won't survive without you yeah and in hindsight too you'll be like i like i guarantee i've felt this every time after i've left and gone to a new job i'm like i can't believe i almost stayed like yeah it just the hindsight is always 2020 and you're always like that was such like such a good decision and yeah yeah the one job that i left on my own like accord most in law school like it's very like you start here and you end here just because of like the semesters but the one job i actually left on my own accord i was like oh i'm so scared like what they're going to say are they going to be mad or whatever and then afterwards i'm like who gives a shit if they were mad like they (laughs) they made my life miserable so why would i care if they're mad like as long as you leave on good terms with your bosses that's all that matters totally and i know and i think like i i've had a horrible experience at one company i worked at and you like you don't almost realize like how bad it is until you get out of the situation because you're like oh this is Mm -hmm. fine like you know you're obviously gonna have bad days at work but like it it's so so not worth it like for your mental health like if your bad days outweigh the good ones at work like that is not a normal situation and like especially like crying and oh yeah and emotional like i've definitely had a job like that and it's really not crying in the uh the closet so the fucking bathroom like yeah if you're doing that more than probably three times you need to evaluate yeah yeah keep a little checklist you're like okay this is day three yeah like yeah no totally well um okay i also want to talk to you about work-life balance because I feel like you just do so much like you have a YouTube channel and a podcast and you have a great job like do you think work-life balance is the thing like do you think it actually exists I think because of the job that I specifically have it's good because my boss like does respect our boundaries and you know we leave I get there at nine and I leave at six after six you know I'm not expected to be doing anything unless there's something like really pressing that's happening obviously But even so, like, it still takes me, like, 40 minutes to get home. So let's say, you know, after dinner and stuff, it's, like, 7.40. It is hard to find time to, like, have friends. And, you know, I have to do YouTube stuff. It's definitely difficult, but it's not impossible. But there are other areas of law that, like, it truly is impossible to have that balance. Because some people actually work 70 hours a week. So in that case, like, no, you actually cannot hang out with your friends or do whatever. But I I cannot vouch for that. But with what I do, I think you just have to prioritize. And during the week, I really don't hang out with people. Like I do try to just, you know, stick to my routine. Mm -hmm. But that's just because I'm like crazy and have anxiety. Like I can't see people during the week. It's the week. (laughs) I have to go to work tomorrow. But it is totally possible. And then on the weekends, you just have to prioritize that time. But I'm also someone on Sunday that hits one o'clock. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go to work tomorrow. Like, I start freaking out for no reason, but you get the Sunday scaries Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, gotta go to bed. Um, I can't hang out. (laughs) I know. Sundays are good until like noon. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I always get so anxious for like no reason. Like, I'll be like watching TV and I'm just like not relaxed. I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do tomorrow. Like, it's Monday. Like, I need to make my to-do list. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, gotta (laughs) do all my laundry. I gotta put it away. I have to make sure everything's ready for tomorrow. But meanwhile, it's like two o'clock on a Sunday. I know. (laughs) As if I'm going to bed at six. Like, I'll still be up until 10.30 or something. 
That's a problem I definitely need to kick because I do think like Mm -hmm. people who don't suffer from the Sunday scaries do lead a better life. I know. But I I do suffer from those. Totally. I know. I'll be like cleaning up because I'm like tomorrow I don't want it to ruin my mood on my Monday if my apartment's messy or something. And then I'll look outside and everyone's like sitting on the park with a white claw. I'm like... Why yeah, like this. Like, or people like you know like... Sunday fun day. They're like out at brunch. Yeah. I'm like oh, that looks like fun. <laughs> I've done it a few times, but I'm terrified the whole time. <laughs> I know, I know. I see those TikToks where like people go to like Sunday brunch and they sleep all day after or something. That's that's the good life. Yeah. No, I think like like yeah. To your point, like if someone if you're working like a seventy hour a week job or something, I think that's definitely like a choice, and you're, it's kind of your life almost. But I don't know. And I think work life balance. It's like it kind of just is whatever you want it to be. Like if you're not someone who is super social, that's not important to you. Like people might look at your situation and be like, and I'm the same way. Like I don't really see anybody on well, they can't. But in normal life, <laughs> I don't see anybody on the weekdays. But it's like that's just not like a huge priority for me. So yeah. I think it's just. You just have to prioritize like outside of work and whatever that is, like if you have a side hustle or what, like I think that's where the balance comes in is you're choosing to do things that are important to you outside of work. Yeah, exactly. Even in college, I mean, I had my now husband was my boyfriend during college. I didn't even hang out during the week with him during college. So now that I'm 26 and I don't hang out with friends, I'm like, no one should be surprised because even during college, I wasn't (laughs) hanging out. Yeah, in college were you one of those people that was like in the library like all the time like super strict or were you more like relaxed you think than you are now I was definitely more relaxed in college I feel like most of my classes were you know more writing based so we had a few things to do throughout the semester and I would write them like kind of as they came up but it was never like a million things were due at once you know more towards the end of the semester I would definitely be in the library but I was never someone who was there like multiple times a week late and I'm also an early bird so I would wake up at like 6 a.m and write if I have to write even now I'm more of a creative writer in the morning at night Mm -hmm. my sentences are very plain and dry and if anyone asks me to do math or science it's just pretty much not happening so I would definitely rather wake up so no I was not in the library like doing anything during college no yeah yeah, I feel like for me, it was like every year I was in the library less. Like yeah. at the beginning I was there, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got an 80. Like as if an 80 was like a horrible grade or something. Yeah. But I feel like your standards, you get a lot more realistic like as the years go by. Yeah, I, I took this one class in college because I was a criminal justice, um, criminal justice major. It was called Terrorism in Society. And the professor... Okay you know, had quizzes every week. We had class, I think, twice a week. Twice a week on, like, a long reading. And I'm like, I am not reading this chapter (laughs) twice a week and taking this quiz. I was like, no, this is the one class I will take, you know, the L in, and I'm not doing this because this is nuts. It was like a three-credit class. I'm like, no. You know, sometimes (laughs) you just got to, you know, weigh your options. And I was like, this is not something I'm dedicating time to. It's a required course and I'll get the required grade. Yeah, totally. And I think like that's the thing. It's like you just become so like logical and realistic as time goes on. Because for me, like there were classes where none of my grade, like all of the, it was no exams, it was only papers. And the three papers were only on the readings. So I'm like, 
I'm not going to class. Like I'm just yeah. going to read the thing and write the paper. And it sounds bad, but it's like, you're just, it's not worth it. Like I'd rather just like pick, pick up another shift at the restaurant or something than well, like yeah. go to this class. <laughs> yeah. And if all that matters at the end of the semester is that you read those articles, then yeah, that's all that really matters. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, I would love to hear your experience with the bar exam. That's definitely something that I think I actually did find your channel that way, like through, I think it's like the video you vlogged the day you failed or yeah. something. And it, it, it's like, I you were so raw and real in that video and like huge props to you for being so open on the internet with all of that. But could you tell us just like about that experience and how that felt going through all of that? Yeah, it was, it was awful. I mean... I actually, yeah. I had no clue the bar results were coming out that day, the day that I vlogged. I vlogged because I'm like, oh, I'm working from home today. It's a snow day. That'll be an interesting day to vlog. Yeah. So I vlog <laughs> and then I'm up, you know, working in my office and then I'm, oh, the bar results are out. And I'm like, okay, like, let's vlog. I I thought I probably passed. I'm like, okay, like maybe I failed, yeah. but I probably passed. I'm FaceTiming my friend. Hers opens first. We click it at the same time. You know, hers opens first. She's like, I didn't pass. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, obviously you can watch my reaction and I obviously yeah. didn't pass as well. So it yeah. was, it was really awful. And you know, I said, you know, when I was studying the first time, like, oh, if I fail, I don't know if I want to take it again. But in my heart, I knew yeah. it was like, I'm going to take it again. So yeah. once I saw that, literally within a few hours, I already registered to take it again. Like I, you have to pay the state, yeah. you know, a few hundred dollars every time you take it. I, I already registered. I requested my books back from the company I used for bar prep. And then I registered for another course, like all in the same day. I was like, okay, like we're starting. Yeah. It was awful. Like I cried the entire day. I was so mad. I I wasn't, I was sad, but I was also like really angry. I'm like, how could I have yeah. spent this long studying for something and not pass? Totally. And I, I only failed by like 13 points the first time. Okay. Which isn't that large of a margin considering you need like a 266 in New York to pass. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got like a 253 and then, you know, I started studying again. I didn't really start studying until like mid January. I think I started taking off from work like January 20th or something like that. Okay. So from January 20th to February 28th, I studied or 23rd, I studied all day, every day, but not even on the weekends, you know, I did take my days yeah. off and whatever. And after I took it the second time, I was for sure, I thought I failed. I was like, I absolutely failed. Yeah. I kept my notes. I'm like, I have to keep studying because I'm going to have to take it again in July. Like, I was guaranteed I failed. And oh that's God. what people say. Like when you think you really failed, like truly, that's when you passed. And I'm like, okay, okay. but that's what they say for other people, not for me. Like, yeah. I actually did <laughs> not fail. Not for me. <laughs> like, you have it wrong yeah. because I really did. And then you, they don't tell you when they're going to release the results to give you, like, a ballpark. Oh, end of April. So I was like, okay. We all kind of estimated it would be, like, the 21st. And I think maybe it was the 22nd. I got the results at work. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't yeah. hear anything. I could barely see. Like, you know, you're just so laser focused. And I didn't even read yeah. the letter. I just saw congratulate and I was like, it can't be real. Like they sent it to the wrong yeah. person because they have done that in the past. <laughs> so I wouldn't like put it past them. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I sent it to the wrong person. And they're like, oh my God, wait, I really did pass. Yeah. So it was 
a crazy experience and especially like putting mm-hmm. it out online i didn't like yeah i didn't want the whole world to know that i failed but it is public information they do release right. the results they don't say like pass fail they just release who passed so obviously oh, anyone who watched my channel would see oh well right. let's look up at grace pass oh no she didn't like i couldn't just oh go on God. with my channel like not addressing the fact that i failed the bar so yeah. that video i mean definitely got me a lot of new viewers and stuff but yeah. it's just i think it's funny that that video you know got so much traction but when i post the video that i passed it was just like an average <laughs> amount of viewership i was like all right so like no one cares that i passed or what was the deal on that yeah i know people just want to see the negative stuff it's like people will post like oh i broke up with my boyfriend and like that yeah. video would have so many views and then you get a new boyfriend and no one cares like i know or <laughs> like on the, the tiktok like, i i caught my boyfriend cheating on me like those yeah. videos go viral I'm like yeah no one cares that he you know proposed to you yeah whatever it's so true yeah that's like that it's the craziest thing about this to me is that you're like you have the fight or flight mode and like you were just like I don't know I feel like if I was in that situation I'd be like okay well I guess I'm never becoming a lawyer then like I completely give up but you were like in that same moment like booked another like got your books booked another test like did you ever have a moment of like okay I'm just like giving up or were you like no this is happening no I mean I it really was like fight or flight mode I mean I opened the results I found out I didn't pass whatever like I had my moment i I was supposed to be working from home, but I like took a nap during the middle of the day. I literally like (laughs) opened a beer. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm drinking a beer at 11 a.m. Like, sue me, whatever. I'm drinking this. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up at like three o'clock and went back to work. And I'm like, I have to register for the test again. Because I was also worried like the test would fill up and they couldn't take more applicants. And I sure as hell wasn't going to wait till July to take it again because yeah. I still at that point had retained some of the information. So I was like, I have to take it again in February. And it just, it really didn't cross my mind to not take it. I, beforehand, right. before I found out that I failed, it was like, oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll wait till July or whatever. But once I found out I failed, I was like, no, you're taking again in February mm-hmm. and that's it. Like there was no other option in my mind. And I think mm-hmm. that probably worked out for the best because now, looking back, I would really not want to take it in July. Having worked for like yeah. nine months or whatever by the time July hits, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that I took it then. Totally. And I think like something like the bar exam is so extreme. It's like that is ex- an, an extreme feeling of failure. And I think yeah. we all go through something, maybe not that extreme, but something like failure. You know, you don't get the job or you don't get to the next round of the interviews or you don't get the promotion like whatever it is and do you have any advice of when you do have a moment of failure like how to overcome that and still stay motivated what i always tell people who comment on my videos or dm me that they didn't pass the bar or whatever test Mm -hmm. it's not your life it's not indicative of who you are as a person at the end of the day it's just a test and so many people have failed that test and have still gone on to do what they want to do with the rest of their life that even though in the moment and in those months following when you're studying again, it feels like you're such a failure and you're so stupid and whatever. I mean, that's what I tortured myself with for the following months. Like, oh, you're so stupid. How could you fail it the first time you had so long to study? How could you do that? It's not indicative of who you are as a person. And literally no one in your profession cares. 
you know, whether, whatever test it is that you need to take to get into your career field, no one cares. Once you pass it, no one's going to ask you, oh, well, how many times did you take it? What was your score? So once it doesn't matter, like just study again. And if you're going to take the test again, just pick yourself up, forget the fact that you failed and just take it again and act like it's your first time taking it. Totally. I love that. Like, it, it's true. It's nothing to do with you as a person. And, and nobody does care. Like, and I think that applies to a lot of things. Like, if you interview for this job and you don't get it, no one's going to be like, oh, how many job interviews have you? Yeah. Failed? Like, <laughs> no one's going to ask you questions like that. It's it's more about your successes, right? And your wins. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's a, I love that. That's so true. Okay. Well, I think that was everything we wanted to ask you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So where can people find you and plug just all of your stuff? Okay. So my Instagram is lipsticks and D lattes like and without the A. And then I also have a podcast, which is Fridays dot at five on Instagram and then Fridays at five on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find it. And then lipsticks and lattes is my YouTube channel. So if you look it up on Google, I'm sure it'll come up somewhere. So you can just find me there. And TikTok, I'm trying to post more on since it's such like an up and coming platform. But I feel like I'm such an old person. I'm like, I just don't get I know. it. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I've been trying like this week, this last week. I'm like, I'm going to try a week of posting on TikTok. And like, the views are like so much more satisfying because they're so fast. Yeah. But I do feel old. Like, which is just not a fun feeling. I know. And I'm like, I need to edit this video. And people just like post a one take. I'm like, no, I have to edit this. I know. I'm like, I need to put this in Final Cut Pro and like yeah. edit it all. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, great. Well, everyone go subscribe. I love your videos. They're just Thank so you. like real and relatable. And um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, thanks for being on. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.